How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crew Satyrs Review. Alright, welcome back. We took a little bit of time off for the holidays, and um, we're getting back with a special episode. Man, I don't think we... We haven't done a kind of special episode in a while have we uh i don't think so definitely not one like this no, no maybe no, no. oh no yeah no we haven't because even when the uh disney dropped all their stuff we still did an episode or two or whatever but yeah yeah but this there's no different. batman with this one no we're not reviewing no, anything no. this week we're just doing our top 10 films of 2020 a little bit late a little over a week late but it's yeah. close enough, and um, we were talking about it before. This is the most pitiful top ten list in the history <sighs> of the world. So, yeah. Because so. <laughs> there were some years recently that were bad, like 2013, I remember, being a really bad year for like when I went to make my list, and um, a couple others like were just abysmal, but nothing like this. No, this was, uh, yeah, this is this was bad. This was bad, and obviously there's a reason for that, but... Because um, the whole movie industry is changing as we speak. Right, right. Uh, and well, not even that, but also there were just... there No movies came out, so... Yeah, a bunch of the big ones got delayed. Put a put a damper on... um, Put a damper on that, but... Uh, yeah, 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 it was so sad, like, being in, like, December, and it was like, oh, today Dune was supposed to come out. Oh, today Top Gun was supposed to come out. Yeah. It's like, oh, Top Gun oh, oh. was supposed to come out a year and a half ago. I know. It was supposed to come out in February, Ugh. and then it was pushed to July, and then now we're pushed to next summer. Um, Who knows? Like, let, let's just compare. You know what? Just Let's just give a nice little um, – I, I want to do this. I want to give a nice little uh, preview just into how terrible these this top ten list is. Oh? This is last year's top ten movie list for me. Yeah. Number 10, Richard Jewell. Number 9, Zombieland Double Tap. Number 8, Doctor Sleep. Number 7, John Wick 3. Number 6, Fighting With My Family. Number 5, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Number 4, 1917. Number 3, Ford vs. Ferrari. Number 2, Avengers Endgame. And number 1, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Two two five-star movies. Uh, three four-and-a-half-star movies. Uh... Four, four, uh, and then and then the the other five were all four star movies. Yeah. This year, not gonna say the list yet, but there is one five star movie, two oh. four star movies, a three and uh, let's see, uh, three three and a half, no four three and a half star movies, two three star movies, and a two and a half star movie in my <laughs> top ten. Yeah, what is that doing in there? Come on, like I. I'm a little bit different because I know you automatically do top 10. I, I do it depending on the year. So I'll do 7 to 10 depending on just how strong they are. And like last year, I had 7. But even then, if I wanted to, I could easily get to 10. It was just 7 that were clearly my favorites. So yeah. like I either do own now or will rewatch multiple times. And this year, I can literally say there are two movies on this list that I would normally have regardless of the year. All the other ones were grandfathered in. Yeah, I can say I have... Nine of the ten movies on DVD or Blu-ray from my right. top ten last year. Yeah. And the tenth one I wouldn't mind having. I just haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, one of them I wish I could have the cane, but stupid Netflix doesn't believe in physical media. Right. Ugh. This year, 
I own one of them physically. I own three of them, but two of them I only own digitally. One of them hasn't even come out physically. The other one I bought right away physically, I mean uh, digitally, just because I wanted it to do well. So I was kind of mad because I I never, ever will buy digital movies because I'll get the Blu-rays and then you get the digital one for free. But for this one, I did go ahead and buy it just because I wanted it to do well. And then, so I'll probably get the Blu-ray at some point, but, um, yeah. and then the other one that I have that I really liked, it's not even out on physical media yet. So wow. yeah, I own one physical I, I media of this top 10. One, I one, oh two. no, 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 two. I, that's a lie. Two, two. I own two of these in physical media. Actually, I forgot that I had gotten one of them recently. So I actually have two with physical media. I own four of them. Um, but, uh, anyway. So a little different than last yeah. year. Ugh. That's for yes, sure. Sorry. Um, so first off though, before we get into that. Yes. Do, do we want to talk about anything going on? <laughs> uh, there's I mean, a de- lot. Definitely not, definitely not political. I, I like to keep, you know, we like to keep this. Apolitical Jeez, that's too. not even what I was talking about, but that's oh, a whole, shit. that's a whole other thing too. That's going on oh. today. But Hold and enlighten me, please. We don't we don't need to get into that. I'm just talking about everything going on with DC right now. Oh God, yes, we need to talk about this. Yeah, because at this point, it's like, oh, there's a lot we need to talk about, but also I don't know what it is because I yes. don't know what any of the stuff is actually true or if there's even anything actually to talk about. He, uh, I, I can actually sum it up perfectly, Mark. You ready? Sure. Once again. For the last ten years, DC has no idea what the hell they're doing. Oh well, yeah. I mean, we uh, we know that. But it's like every time they have a hit, like Joker, it's like okay, they're starting to get their footing. It's like oh, Wonder Woman eighty four is going to come out. Oh, I'm sure that will be good. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. And now here we are again, whereas they're just green lighting crap and hoping to win people back. Yeah. Um. Well, we could start off with the Batman. There's talks about some unhappiness going on with that. With Matt Reeves being like a, a cattle driver type director, um, uh, yeah, I read that. He, apparently, he's like acting very Fincher esque, like forty plus takes of Robert oh, Pattinson, like in the full bat suit, and apparently, it's not going over well. Oh um, crap! Which, to be fair, I'm one hundred percent in agreement. I absolutely despise directors who do that. I despise it. I think it's awful. I think it's stupid. I think it's a power-hungry grab of someone who wants to be in control, and I can't stand it. The Stanley Kubrick's, the David Fincher's, I think it's horrible. I think it's abuse, and I think it's literally just their own ego going haywire. I can't stand it. It it, it depends. I I have to have the full You cannot tell me someone's 40th take is going to be any good. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean— Unless their character is, like, getting tortured— then sure, but any other context, their 40th take is not going to be any good. Well, and it's different if it's a small scene, but yeah, when you when you have an actor who has to be in a suit that is right. that uncomfortable, yeah, that that's that's brutal for anyone. So that's that's and not I don't great know how true any of this is. That's just an article I read a couple weeks ago. I right. I, I tend it sounds like something I could be, I could believe. I mean, well, I, I haven't heard that about Reeves in general, and we let's be honest, we have. It does seem like people are trying to find drama within this movie True. You yes. know, as we it saw does. with the stupid rumors about 
you know, Pattinson having issues and none of them were ever confirmed or anything. So I'll, I'll take it with a grain of salt, but I could see that happening. I hope not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I saw that and then obviously, yeah, like you said, Warner brothers is, uh, it's funny, man. The more things change, man, the more it's exactly the same. They, they haven't <laughs> That's changed. A perfect, you're totally right. That's the perfect saying. You think, oh, Warner Brothers, all this changed. They're owned by AT&T, AT&T Greenlits. It's like, this is the same thing they've always been like. It's the same thing. It hasn't yeah. changed. It's just, no. it's literally just throwing crap against the wall because they're completely clueless. And, and it really shows how Wonder Woman, even though it was really their first good film, was actually a bad thing because if it hadn't been for Wonder Woman's success... They could have done what they should have done and just completely start over. Like, no, Aquaman everything. too. Aquaman yeah, made a billion even, dollars. But that that was what 2018, 2019, 2018, I think, right? I mean, that was well oh yeah, after. it was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. And even then, it's like you know, I, I think Joker almost made more. So it's like they would have been yeah. just fine you know, without it. It's That's like, fair. But yeah, they they really should have just stopped completely because now. They're in the boat that they find themselves in again, where they don't know what to do and they don't know, you know, what to commit to. And so now they're just hoping to, to catch the next greatest hit with, I don't know what, Keaton, Batman Beyond. Is that what's going on? No, the last I heard today was Keaton and Affleck are officially or are signed on for Flash. That's the okay. latest thing that I've seen, which we kind of already heard. You know, that's not new Certain. news, yeah. but apparently it's official. that's kind of I don't I. I don't. I haven't seen anything official. I've just seen a lot of that going around. So, okay. Who knows? Yeah. I, but I but, haven't seen an official. Th- an official thing hasn't come out. Yeah. But it's it seems to be a fairly common thread going around right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I did see that Ray Fisher apparently is not coming back for the Flash. I saw that too. That was I, I, interesting. I don't think anyone would be shedding a tear. Yeah. I d- I don't care. Um, no. No one does. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, apparently, though, actually some good news here. I was just looking up news real quick. Apparently, because, you know, the entire UK has totally shut everything yeah, down yeah. because they're real smart. And um, But apparently the Batman is being allowed to film, so I that's saw good. That, yeah, so, I, yeah, because when I saw that, I was like, oh, thank God. And then, so when you just brought up the news, like Matt Reeves being a, a tyrant or whatever, that, I was like, that was That was from a couple weeks ago, that article was that it? I saw. Okay. Yeah, so, again, yeah, who so, knows? Yeah, I, I don't know about that one because yeah, like the last I heard was like you know, hey, they're still being allowed to film. I'm like, hey, yeah, we're, we're still making progress, and so yeah, again, I feel like people are just trying to drum up drama and you know raise red flags for whatever reason. Yeah, which is fair. Um, I mean, I, I we know some of it are the Snyder cultists who are trying to torpedo it, so well, you know, yeah. they can make believe that you know Ben Affleck will return for five movies or something. But yeah, who knows, man? Yeah. And, and some people hate Robert Pattinson being cast as Batman, which is dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So speaking of Wonder Woman, obviously, I haven't seen it. I know you haven't either, right? No, I won't. I no, I won't. No. Yeah. Originally, I was gonna be like, oh, you know, with how bad this year, I'm sure Wonder Woman will automatically make it into my top ten. Right. Don't know about that now. Hearing everything <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> yeah. At this it, point, I feel like I know the entire movie. I've. I've I do. Too. Yeah. And I was just already leading up to it. I was not, I didn't care. And then after all that, I I really really don't don't care. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's it's shocking too. Cause you know, 
people thought that would be like the the backbone, like that and Aquaman would be the one things you know propping up the you the well DC you would think because they were the only two decent movies to come out of the Snyderverse, I guess if you want to call it. They were the only right. two even decent movies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you you would think, but apparently Patty Jenkins can't write, so that's. That's yeah, and then of course issue. she. And then I saw her blame it on Warner Brothers now, which is like, oh, that's classic move of the director going, oh, I had the perfect film, and then the studio came in, which but she, like, one, it was a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, and like one of the complaints I've seen is that there are two opening scenes, like one of right. which you don't need, and like she was the one who wanted both, and the studio was like, no, you you really only need one opening action scene. And so apparent, it's like, don't. And apparently, from the, from the way the movie's directed, it doesn't seem like it's really cut. Like it's no, very no. long and everything's dragged out and everything. It's like it doesn't seem like a like you normally see from a movie that's you know studio cut down. Yeah, like God forbid, what are we gonna now have the stupid Wonder Woman eighty four Ultimate Edition that's three and a half hours? Oh so it's even gosh. more bloated. Yeah, I like, don't, yeah. I don't know, but but, but who cares? Because now she's getting a third film that she clearly deserves. Awesome. <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, if they just don't ever write it, maybe it'll be better. Because again, the first movie's great. So yeah, the first was good. Yeah, it's not you bad. know, I mean, she clearly is a good director. So it's like sure. it's uh, yeah, I don't know, it just. <laughs> Although it's funny that once again, Lucasfilm, you know, immediately hires a couple of directors they think are hot and then they immediately come out with a crappy film and they're like, ooh, maybe we should have thought twice about this. <laughs> so hopefully Rogue Squadron or whatever ends up better. Uh, it, uh, who knows? Is that the uh, is that the Gina Davis one or is that the, the Kathleen Kennedy one? Gina Davis. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that is good. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh. There's not a whole lot else, I guess. That was the main stuff. The main stuff is just DC's nuts. And, um, <laughs> they really are. Both both DCs. The physical one and the company. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's so funny to see people who think that Warner Brothers is now listening to fans and doing the right things. Like, oh, no. That drives me nuts. That drives really? me nuts. That narrative. Why is the narrative Zack Snyder's the victim and and... I just I don't understand this narrative that's going around. I understand the the positive spin with the fan thing. I, I get that, sure. even though again I think it's horribly misplaced. I, I get right. it, but why is it being spun like Zack Snyder's this brilliant person that was so victimized? I just don't get it. I mean, yes, he went through something horrible, obviously, sure. but. He's not good. <laughs> like, no, he should have been fired after Man of Steel. <sighs> I just, it drives me nuts. I just don't get that narrative that's going around with all the people we like. I don't understand I it. I just don't yeah. get it. But um, I, I think it's just because pe like people hate studios so much now, I, and I understandably get it. so. I, I get it, but but yeah, it's this it's is frustrating not the hill. Like no, God no. I don't, I don't understand anyway. But hey, um, we're, we're what, two months away? We can finally be done talking about this crap. But I, yeah, whenever ends. it comes out. Um, I think, no, March more 20th. than that. It comes out in the fall. Like, no, it, no, I thought it came out. Uh, I saw something that was, it was coming out March 20th. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was like September. No, yeah, I think it's March, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember. I thought it was in the fall for care. some reason. It doesn't matter. I mean, the um, sooner the better. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, get it, get it out and over with. Um. Uh. Okay. Oh, the only oh, other thing. Oh, 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 oh go God, ahead. Go I ahead. I forgot Zack Snyder speaking of Wonder Woman shared that stupid picture of Wonder Woman holding like severed heads. Oh yeah, like, I don't care. 
It just shows you again how freaking stupid he is about right. these characters. Like, yeah, you know what little girls love about Wonder Woman when she's a warlord and just decapitating human right. beings. Like, of course, what is wrong with this guy? Of course, that's everyone knows God. that. Oh, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, um, and again, he has, he has to his pitch his wagon like, oh, I was the the the, the architect of all this. It's like, yes, we're we're very much aware. Oh yeah, we're, like, we are aware. We're, we're <laughs> you don't aware. have to remind people. Yeah, uh, he's so desperate. Ugh. Anyway. The uh, only other thing is Cobra Kai season three finally came out after like pff, four years or however long it's been. And uh, so I finally finished watching that. Another good season. It, yeah. it reminded me a little bit of the second season of The Boys, not in content at all, but just kind of the way it was paced where you're like through the first like four episodes. I'm like, this kind of s- sucks. I was like, this isn't oh, okay. very good. But fortunately, it's a net, you know, it's 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 to be binged. So, you know, you can keep going through it and you're not every week sitting there like, well, that wasn't very good. What's going on? Yeah. You're able to get through it. And then by the end, it had an absolutely fantastic final uh, season finale episode. Okay. And so by the end, you're like, okay, that redeemed itself a lot. Um, That's good to hear. So, yeah. So the show, I definitely think it's the weakest season out of the three, but still good show still has plenty of legs with the way it okay you, you think it could keep going for oh yeah no it's set up to keep going for sure well of course yeah, i mean yes yeah, uh, again i don't know right i i think i think it's already been greenlit but i'm not 100 sure, sure. but the way it ended oh yeah no they're, they're definitely planning for for plenty more they they do a good job where it's there are only 10 episodes i think you see i don't remember if the first two were 10 episodes but they're all around that and they're only, you know, 30 to 40 minutes per episode yeah. or like 20 something to, to 40 minutes. And uh, they don't s- usually span that long of a particular time each season. It's not like each season is a year or something yeah, like okay. that. So that's good. Yeah, they, they, they You can do with. a lot more when you do it like that. You can cram yeah. a lot more into it. Like the first season ended with the All Valley Tournament. And we're not even at the like the end of this season. We're still not at the next year's All Valley Tournament yet. Okay. So like season two and three did didn't even equal a whole year between the two of them. So uh, I think that's smart because you have a lot more to work with when you don't yeah. rush. You know, rush through, especially when it's a school about a show about high school kids. That's one of the yeah, things you, people run out of. You know, you run out yep. of stuff. So. Um, Anyway, it's good. But yeah, you need to watch it. You've been holding off too long. I know. It just it does not appeal to me in the slightest, despite your you. your praise. Rewatch the Karate stuff. Kid and then watch these. And another thing I respect about it, even though I don't care. Now I I am someone who usually refuses to watch sequels of stuff that I don't think should have been sequeled. Um, the rare exception is the Back to the Future movies, but for the most part, I don't really like that. And so I have refused to watch the Karate Kid sequels. Apparently, they're not very good anyway. But this show heavily goes back to all of the movies. It's at least the first two for sure. This season had a ton. Yeah, this one had a ton of the second movie in it. Now, I have not watched the second movie. I've refused to watch the second movie. But I still kind of respect that they're using that. Even though I didn't... Like, because it did happen. And so... They're they're acting like you did, and they're bringing back characters from the second movie and and things that happened in the second movie. And I'm like, even though I didn't really ever want to watch that movie, I respect I respect that. 
Again, that's one of the things that they've done so well with this show is they have 100. They could not be more respectful to the source material. Like you couldn't do it. It is a picture perfect blueprint as to how you should treat legacy characters. Like it just it is. It's, It's the best example I've probably ever seen of like a thing 20, 30 years later going back like that because we see i mean it happens all the time now but it's it's it might be the best example of it i've ever seen i mean i wish i wish lucasfilm could watch it just yeah i do even though even though it looks like stuff's possibly turning around so that's good Uh, don't don't drink the kool-aid oh no 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 are you kidding me man no dude after last jedi there is no more for sures at all there's just there's just tentative hope and every time something good happens, you're like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yay, the Mandalorian's pretty good. Yay. Oh, yeah. I mean, things oh, happen, oh, you know. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. but uh, Did we not? No, I think we missed it. Oh. Oh, yeah. man. I guess we did. I guess we did yeah. miss Luke Skywalker. That's too bad. I mean, that's some big news. Everybody already talked about it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too late now, but. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll I see. do want to. Uh, you know what? I do want to talk about that just a little bit because. I figured you would. <laughs> I didn't realize Ren talked about it. Now, so I'm watching this, and and the whole thing's happening. I thought the final episode was okay, but not great, but fine. And uh, the stuff with uh, Baby Yoda and um, or, uh, the stuff with the child and and Moff Gideon and and Mando that was all that was, I thought that was awesome with the yeah, dark saber the and everything. Part. I thought that yeah. fight was phenomenal. Oh yeah, me too. That was okay. probably the best fight we've ever seen in the Mandalorian. It was. It was it was great. Probably the best lightsaber fight since the prequels. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the uh, the lightsaber stuff with Ahsoka was great, but it wasn't really oh, sure. like a lightsaber. Well, I guess it was the same thing because it was that stick thing still. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I I I hate that. I I'm sorry. I think that's dumb. I think that's dumb that they had to make a impenetrable adamantium. I I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Best, it's best dumb. is so stupid. It's stupid. Um, but but yeah. whatever. Even with that, that fight was awesome. Yeah, just look um, great. And uh you know, and so the finale and everything and those dumb those dumb robot things, I never cared. I that's pointless. Nah, but whatever. whatever. But 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 they did a good job because they he only it's fought menacing. the one and yeah. it was a big deal, you know, and yeah. it took him forever and that was kind of the whole thing with Moff Gideon. He's like you barely beat that one. Yeah, so, yeah, they definitely would have been killed. Yeah. yeah, so that was good. I also like the fact, because once they opened the thing and they all flew out, I was like, well, that was kind of lame. I totally was expecting that, yeah. And then, and then, but then when they came back, I was like, okay, I have a little bit more, that's, yeah. those things are a little bit more worthy of, of something. And then they kind of weren't at the end, but, but oh, no. that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Um, But then, you know, they do the thing where, you know, the 30 of them or whatever it is are coming and, uh, you know, they do the X-Wing thing. And, of course, if anyone says their first thought was Luke Skywalker, I'm I'm a little hesitant with that. But, sure. My first I, thought I was Ahsoka. Was. <laughs> My first thought was Ahsoka. And sure. Then, that makes uh, sense. <laughs> as it as it's kind of starting, I was like, oh, OK, they uh, they they might they might be doing they OK, <laughs> they might this might be happening. And um, then when you do realize what is happening. There's this whole wave of absolute joy that is going over you, but look, man, it it can't be fully because it's just you just can't. You just can't. And I am someone who has never wanted Luke Skywalker on the show because I Luke Skywalker is Mark Hamill. Luke right. Skywalker is Mark Hamill. 
He's nobody else. I don't care. He can't be recast. I, I, all these people who are fine with the character as the character, I am not one of those people. This isn't a comic book character. This isn't yeah. a, a, a big thing. No, this is Mark Hamill. That's, that's yeah. what it is. So the whole time I'm still a little, eh, cause I'm like, oh no, it's going to be a person. And cause obviously it's not Mark Hamill when it's fight, you know, cause it's someone who's younger and whatever. So I'm like, eh. so I'm, so I'm teetering between like, like jumping for joy and kind of bracing for it. Yeah. And then, and then it comes out and it's the CGI face. And I had a wave of relief a little bit where I'm like, okay, at least it's not under the person. Yeah. Trying to be Mark Hamill. But I was still kind of, eh, cause of I'm course. like, cause the voice was kind of weird. So I was like, they didn't even use his voice. That's oh, where I, I was kind of. I thought it sounded it was it was a little weird because it was manipulated, and so I was like, they didn't what? even use him as the voice. Uh, no, this can't be. And then, um, but but I still all that was still great. And then obviously the 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 goodbye with with the child and Mando that yeah, was all awesome. Yeah. That was all fantastic. And then it ended, but I was still kind of like, eh. And then the credits came up and it said Mark Hamill. And I was like, what? What did he? Did he have anything to do with it? what? And so I'm like looking up everything. It's like, yes, he did do the voice and was on set. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm in, I'm in. Then I had to watch it okay. again. And I'm like, all right, nope, I'm in. I'm all in. So I don't care. Because uh, obviously you're going to have the stunt double. That's fine. But as right. long as he is in some way a part of this thing as the voice or as the standing there, or so, I don't care. He just has to be something of a part of it. And I'm in. And if he's not, I'm not. And he was. So I'm in. And it's great. And that's all there is to say about it. Well, well, let me say real quick my thoughts. Uh, yeah, I like look the the part that I liked the most was the goodbye between Jin and, or uh, yeah Jin and uh, Baby Yoda because like to me that's what the whole show is about. Those are two brand new characters yeah. who I've come to like. It's like to me that's would have been way better stuff. if he didn't take his helmet off in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree because yeah, that the moment when he takes off his helmet, so Baby Yoda. Even though I, I like that episode, fine. It, it sure, just, sure, you sure. didn't need that. No, no, I, I would have liked that this was like the first moment. But anyway, um, yeah, so that part was great. So to me, the Luke Skywalker part was was awesome because it was kind of like the chair on top. But like, I, I think what they should do is like, I would like that to be like the last time we see Luke. Like, let that be the last. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, too. Let that be the last memory because it was clearly a, okay, we know fans were upset about The Last Jedi. We don't want them to think of that when they think of Luke Skywalker. We want to remind the fans what they think of yep. when they think of Luke Skywalker, you know, being a badass Jedi. So yep. obviously that's really all that was. It was complete fan service and it sure. worked. But, but, but yeah, but like... it, but even in the story it works. Because again, Luke, yeah, yeah, Luke yeah. should be around. Why He's the most yeah. powerful person in the galaxy. You, why would yeah. he not be, you know, at least people know about him or something. So, so from that standpoint, I totally get it. But I'm with you. Yeah. Like I, I do not – this needs to not be a normal thing. No. At absolute most, like once an episode at or a season, like at at absolute most. But I'm fine with not again. Like we've done it; it's established. Don't we don't need it again? It, it was basically just like an apology from yes, from at least Favreau. It was. You know, it was like, We're sorry. You know, here is like the little you know as like appreciation. And it's like okay, good. Like you've earned some good graces back with me again. You have not won my my trust again. You no. never will probably. Yeah. But that's at least, you know, it shows that they're aware of their wrongdoings. At least some of the people are there. So that's my it is whole true. Yeah, with Ahsoka and Luke where it's like, oh, no, they got to be trained. 
it'd be very dangerous. Like, oh, all yeah, that's dude. so, it's so fun. It, it, it's so satisfying, man. And, and even like you said, the, uh, the part where the dark troopers are sucked out of space and come back, even that could have been a little jab at Ryan Johnson because in his yeah. mind, they would have just been gone like that. Like, Oh, all the buildup of how badass they are. And they're just gone like that. So it's oh, like the fact sure. that they brought them back was to me, even a little like, no, this is what you're supposed to do. If you build something up, granted yeah. it didn't, just get cut down like butter, but who cares? But it is Luke yeah, Skywalker. Yeah, but it's Luke Skywalker. I mean, right, it, right. if there's ever something where that's appropriate, it would be with Luke Skywalker. And I'm not going to lie. The, the the Force Crush was freaking awesome. Oh, dude. All, because all of it was awesome. Have we ever seen a Jedi do that ever in a movie uh, or anything? Didn't Darth Vader crush one of the I droids? I said a when... Jedi, not the Sith. The Sith do stuff oh, like shit. that all the time. But I don't okay, see fine. I, I can't think of a Jedi doing that that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, I certainly don't. It was awesome. I didn't even care because it was it was very Vader ish, which I thought was great. And we got mentioned kudos to Peyton Reed because he directed this episode. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, that 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 fight between Gideon and uh, Mandalorian was great. It's some great shots and the music. It was intense. It was. It was. I liked it. Totally agree. So yeah, overall good. Um, you know, it was it was overall a very for for us at least an up and down season. But yeah. overall, it's still not anything to really complain about because especially oh. in the grand, especially in the grand scheme of things. I mean, regardless of the the issues we do have with it, it is still in the right track for Star Wars. Right. So you know, there, there can't it. be there can't be too many complaints about it. Um. Anyway, I forgot we hadn't talked about that. Didn't even mean to do yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. I think that's, I think that's yeah. all there's to talk about. So now we can get into our very pathetic list. Top ten uh, movies from 2020. Um, right, how are we gonna do this? We'll just start with ten and work our way work our way down. Um, yeah. We'll have a couple of crossovers, but I don't think we'll have too many unless you've actually watched the few good movies I keep telling you to watch. Uh, um, I counted. We have six in common, actually. Oh, we, oh, you, oh, you already looked at mine. Okay, fair enough. I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what yours is. So. Oh, we have six in common. Okay, well, that's more than I thought. Um, <laughs> well, there's only so many to choose from, Mark. <laughs> that's a good. P- you know what? Screw it. We'll just start with top ten. Um, we'll just start with ten. For me, ten is Scoob. Okay. This movie was terrible, but it's my top. It it's ten because just kind of by default, it was okay. It was one of those movies I I kind of liked it a little bit more right after I first saw it, and then realized it was not even that good afterwards um it it's it's fine it's it's just it it is that's the best thing i can give it yeah it's all right there's a couple of good moments but it's very forgettable or it's making it on the list yeah yeah yeah. i just was gonna go through real quick i gave this a two and a half star rating that's about nice. par for the course. It has a 2.4 on um, on Letterboxd. It's got a 5.7 on IMDb. It's got a uh, a, thir- a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes critic rating, uh, 55% audience score, and it's got a uh, 43 on uh, on Metacritic. So, yeah, that's about yeah, that's about right. That's about accurate. It's um it's a very weird Scooby Doo story. It wasn't disrespectful though to Scooby-Doo which is that was the biggest thing I was worried about going into it and I also thought it was about them as kids because I feel like all the trailers were like of them as kids and that's only the beginning of the movie and then they're not like that anymore so I I appreciated that I guess um that's it that's all I have on that that's my number 10 
Uh, well, my number 10, ironically, I also gave a two and a half, though a very different movie. Uh, and I, again, I feel like I need to preface with if it had been any other year, this movie would not be on the list, but <laughs> Flims the Pickens. So for my number 10, I have a double all the time. Uh, oh, it's a Netflix man. movie. I know. I know. Jeez. It's bad. And I even like the movie. movie. I wouldn't but touch like, for a 10 foot pole. No, I mean, like the only positives I could bring out is like visually there was some good filmmaking and I like a lot of the actors in it, even though I didn't like any of the performances, except for maybe like Bill Skarsgård, because I thought Tom Holland was not good. Um, he's kind of getting on my nerves too, a little bit too much overexposure. Yeah. Um, and even Robert Pattinson, I thought his his accent was terrible, and he, he even says he didn't have the dialect coach. So <laughs> and, it, and it shows. But um, yeah, I hated the story, but I mean, there was some cool visuals, and, uh, and you know, is entertaining enough, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's my lukewarm number ten. Awesome. All right, well, now we'll go to number nine, another lukewarm movie that I was disappointed in, to be honest. I thought it was going to be a little bit better, but uh, the Netflix movie Spencer Confidential, directed oh, by yes. Peter Berg and starring Mark Wahlberg. Again, was it really Peter Berg? Yeah, again. I had no idea. You would think at least decent, because, you know, these guys have made a whole bunch of movies. You know, Lone Survivor, no Patriot's idea. Day, Deepwater Horizon, like... Uh, although to be fair, they made they made Mile Twenty Two, which I finally watched a few months ago. I know you liked it for some. Now reason. the movie is terrible, but Awful. the action is good. That's what helped it get it over because it has the dude from the raid, and they gave yeah, him yeah. a whole giant action scene, and it was freaking phenomenal. Yeah, so, I mean, you gotta unless you're a stupid Force Awakens who gets right. a cameo where he just talks. Right. Not even so, anything he does talk. Whatever. The movie is just awful, but the action was good enough for a dumb 90-minute movie that it was fine. This one is about in that same type of level, except the action's not as fun. Um, yeah. It's it's fine. It, it's it's uh, it's not offensive. It's just a, a, a cop movie. Um, he teams up with a guy just out of prison. and uh, Or no, it's a former cop who was out of prison and then teams up. With this other guy, and they're looking up deaths of police officers. I mean, that's... I don't really remember much else about this movie. I saw it, like, six months ago, once. So, I, I can't really speak to much more. Again, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Alan Arkin's in it. That's a positive. <laughs> Always. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, it just... Oh, it, it was a Netflix movie. It, it's like, it's worth... If you have nothing else to watch and you're just going to watch like a short action movie on Netflix, it's it's fine. Although it's not even short as I'd want it to be, but it's under two hours. But it's fine. That's the best I can say. I gave three stars. It is what it is. It's my number nine movie because of this terrible year. It has a two point five on on Letterboxd, a thirty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes critic score, fifty two percent. Audience score, 6.2 on IMDb, and a 49 on Metacritic. So, you know, okay. we're still in the dregs here with number nine. Yeah. Yeah, my number nine, uh, similar. It's a movie that disappointed me. It's got I, I gave it three stars as well. Um, for my number nine, I'm going with the uh, short-lived horror movie Underwater. Uh, again, I, I think I talked briefly in my little review, but a movie that could have been great because it has a great – concept and setting for a really good horror movie is that the one with um, Kristen stewart it is yeah oh, okay um yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and there's some really cool lovecraftian ties in um to stuff that ties into the movie that's really cool but 
yeah, unfortunately, where the movie falls short is the script and the characters, and obviously, Kristen Stewart cannot and should not carry a film, and so that's that's really what hinders <laughs> the movie. Because if you if you got like a good actor and you just kind of beefed up the script a little more, you could really have a great horror movie, and it's it's unfortunate, but I can also imagine even with the movie how it is seeing this in theater. I, I there are definitely some parts that would really be like you know terrifying and legit like scare worthy on, on the big screen but oh uh, yeah i never wanted yeah. to watch it i don't i don't do underwater crap yeah it's terrifying yeah Mm-mm. yeah nope. so nope it's not that, for me. that's that's enough to make it number nine yeah well okay well that's that's fair that's fair um all right moving on to number eight controversial pick here for ian number eight is tenet okay tenet wasn't for a lot of people tenet wasn't very good and and the the more i think about the movie I was definitely ready to watch this more than once when it first came out, and I then never wanted to watch it again the more it came up. Um, I I got this movie plenty the first time I watched it. Obviously, it was not easy, but I feel like I pretty much was able to follow most of it the first time, at least most of what it was giving you. Now, it doesn't give you anything, really, so it's very difficult to piece a lot of it together because it doesn't even have a lot of the pieces displayed for you you just have to guess um the action's great obviously the set you know christopher nolan knows how to make ginormous realistic set pieces there's absolutely no arguing that ever it they're 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 brilliant they're they're spectacles they're beautiful to look at very well choreographed but i'm telling you man nolan is losing me he is losing me he's been losing me ever since inception pretty much, and uh, I think he's really only had one good movie since then, and that was Dunkirk, and all his others are very, very disappointing, and this is another one. It's like he just doesn't care about story anymore. He doesn't care about characters. There's no reason to care about anything in most of these movies, and this is the best example. You don't care about anybody in this movie. You don't know anybody. You don't know anything about anybody. People are just meeting up randomly. There's random conversations going on that you can't hear because of the sound mixing. Well, sound mixing is no good. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's just it was fun to watch a movie in a theater, like a big theater movie, and watch those action scenes. Those are all those are definitely great. But story wise, this movie is bare, barren. Uh, un, it's terrible. It story wise, this movie's awful and um, well, very cool. very forgettable. And um, forgettable. What? Oh yeah, no, it's forgettable. Characters are dumb, and it's not. It's not a very good movie. I gave it three stars, and that's all for the awesome action scenes and the physical stuff. Any any physical action or any physical set pieces stuff like that. I'm all for obviously. Right. But I wish Nolan would get out of his own butt and actually write a good story for, for phone it in. in a while. Yeah. It's it's frustrating. No knowing what he's capable of. It's just frustrating to see stuff written like this. Okay. I, I want more from Nolan, man. I want more from Nolan. I have higher expectations from the guy. After watching The Prestige, which is one of the greatest movies ever made, first two Batman movies, which are some of the greatest movies ever made, yep. he's he's better than this. Sorry. Nolan's better than this. Well, I'll, I'll save my thoughts for when I bring it up. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I, so, I, I hear you. You're rambling, uh, however. <laughs> I know we'll talk about it later. Um, this movie has a 3.5 on Letterboxd. It's got a 7.5 on IMDb, 
a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, critic score, 76% audience score, and a 69 on Metacritic. I get, and um, yeah, so that's that's my number eight. Okay. Uh, my number eight, speaking of a typical Netflix action movie, I have Extraction with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why not? Because yeah. by no means a terrible movie, but again, any other year I'd be like, oh, who cares? I mean, yeah. we talked about this movie a little bit. It's got great action because obviously it's directed by Sam Hargrave, who was the stunt coordinator for pretty much all the MCU movies. And, and he's fantastic, even though I do have a lot of issues with directing, mainly how this film perpetuates the whole obsession with stupid long takes, especially when they aren't, <laughs> when they aren't one takes and they're just meant to look like that. And, yeah. Oh, it just breaks your immersion. And it's only so stupid fanboys on YouTube can, can freak out over it. Cause I guess that means it's automatically a good action. Scene, but whatever. Cause yeah. there is a lot of really good action. Like the, the choreography is great, especially like the hand to hand stuff. And you know, the shootouts are really, you know, pretty, you know, you know, exciting, but there are no characters. It's the most cliche story ever. And then the ending is just kind of like, what? Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I like Chris Hemsworth and it, and it entertained me the whole time, except for when stupid David Harbour showed up for no reason. Um, yeah, it was but disappointing. Yeah, yeah but uh, I know, I think you have it on your list, so I'll yep. spare some criticisms. But yeah, that's my number eight. Yeah, I have that. Um, yeah, I have that a little bit, a little bit higher up as well. So, um, all right, so now moving on to number seven. Number seven was the last movie I had seen. I saw in a theater before the pandemic and uh, didn't see another one till Bill and Ted, which we'll talk about later in September. So from March until September, didn't this was the last movie I had seen, and it's Gavin O'Connor's The Way Back, starring wow. Ben Affleck. The last movie we saw together as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, this was literally, I think, a day or two before everything shut down. Yeah, I think so. Like yeah. March 14th or something. And I think everything shut down March 16th, something like that. Ah, uh, wow. But uh, this movie was fine. It was good. It was a good movie. It would never be on my list in a normal year, but but it was good. This is the first one that I that I that I did like, like like truly did like. I thought it was a good story. It's a very ba- – again, it, I like that we can have some movies like this, like mid-budget, <laughs> basic stories. You're not trying to do too much. You you know, it's it's a good – it's a good story about a, you know, a drunk, washed-up basketball star who's had a horrible life and, you know, his wife was killed and, and daughter, I think, was killed and – Not his wife, just his uh, – their child had cancer. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. And yeah. then d- divorce though. Wife left. Right, right. Left. Yeah, yeah. And um and then you know, he kind of gets thrown into coaching this terrible basketball team and <laughs> I mean, again, we've seen movies like this a lot. It's nothing new, but but no. I thought it was done well. And he's and it's one of those movies. It's not it's totally fictional, but you think yeah. it's based off a real story because with the way it's done, it's it's told in such a realistic way. You're like, "Oh, this yeah. had to be based off a true story." And it's not. It's a totally unique, uh, unique script. So, um, and obviously I'll, I'll see anything Gavin O'Connor does. He's made right. two of my top, you know, 15 all time movies with, uh, warrior and miracle. So, right. um, and then even a lot of his other movies that aren't even top tier, I still really like, really like the accountant. I think Jane got a gun is massively underrated. Um, Fair. but, uh, yeah, so I I enjoy Gavin O'Connor, and this is one of the handful of movies I I enjoyed Ben Affleck. Fine, I'm still not gonna put it into my top 
you know, Ben Affleck movies. I, I leave that with four, but it's close. <laughs> it's close. If, if I did make it a five, this would probably be the fifth one. Um, yeah. because he's good. He's good. But again, this is one of those movies that, you know, the reason why it worked is because Ben Affleck, it's like kind of a self thing with yeah. Ben Affleck who was going through a whole bunch of crap during this filming or at least, or maybe it was right before, right but before, it, it was yeah. around the same time. So he brings a lot of that to it and, and it really comes out and is well done. So, um, so yeah, so the way back is my, uh, is my number seven. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. It has a three, uh, 3.3 rating on letterboxd. It's got a 6.7 on IMDb, 84% critic rating and 84% audience score on no rotten tomatoes. And then a 66 on on uh, Metacritic. Okay. Yeah, I've got that one a little bit higher. So oh, Okay, I'll, fair enough. I'll talk about that um, soon. But for my number seven, I have uh, one I saw pretty recently after you're prattling for many, many weeks. Uh, I finally saw Bad Boys for Life. Finally. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it overall for sure. Um, I, I think I maybe had it right right behind the first one i think i still like the first one the oh best. no the first one is definitely the best I, the first one is freaking phenomenal like you talk about like a perfect fun action movie yeah perfectly 90s too um oh yeah michael bay better. by far at his best i mean he's um, yeah. he's on with that movie yeah he, he was he was really his short-lived prime in the 90s but um but uh, yeah it's uh it's a movie i enjoyed i was really in no desire to watch but you know i i'd heard good things and of course you had said it was good so i'm like yeah i'll give it a shot and you know and yeah um i forget who directed it but you know it wasn't michael bay thank god and that was definitely part of the enjoyment because the second one was just so over the top and yeah i'm not a i'm not a second one it has one like that sucks. one scene has the one car chasing which is great yeah, and other cool, than that yeah. it is it's like it's almost three hours long it's yeah, like it's drags yeah it's not good i'm not a fan yeah, of the second one and so especially after watching that stupid uh, the Six Underground movie on Netflix earlier this year, <laughs> I was so happy, which is, you know, just Michael Bay to the 11th degree. But um, so it yeah. was really nice to see this movie with a much more somewhat grounded approach to it. You know, it, it's just not nearly over the top and in your face and loud. And, and another so it's, it's another pretty, it's a legacy movie that pays respect yeah. to the source yeah. material and the characters and. It's such a shame that everyone has forgotten how amazing Martin Lawrence is. Because yeah, I mean, Will Smith, who? Martin Lawrence is by far the best part of this movie, and it's not close. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Will Smith is playing Will Smith, as right. he always does. And, and Martin Lawrence, yeah, really is, like, the, the one who's kind of, I don't know, doing something a little bit different. Really kind of like the heart of the movie where Will Smith he's is hilarious. there to be Yeah, he's funny, too, obviously. He's always funny. But um yeah, so it's a great little send off. It's like I don't need another one. We're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought the story got a little bit ridiculous at the end with his whole like strange <laughs> son or whatever. I'm like, what? But um, but no, I, I, I surprisingly I thought that the new young kids were gonna be the kiss of death, and no, they, they were, were pretty good. They were actually they were pretty good. Yeah, it's uh well it was um what's her name um Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was her, and she's fine. It was the dude from The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Survivor. Whatever that guy's name is, and he's pretty good. And I don't yeah. remember who the other guy was. There was a the third Asian guy. guy? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I didn't know who he was. But, but he yeah, was they, fine they too. were they were surprisingly fun. I do not need a movie with them. So if no, you're no, no, about no, that don't. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Uh, no, th but this yeah. can be where it ends, and this will end as the uh, the highest grossing movie of 
2020, most oh, likely. Oh, wow, that's right. Yeah, that's sad. This movie did great. That's the other thing. It did. Uh, yeah. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. This is higher up on my list, but uh, but yeah, okay. yeah, that's a solid pick. All right, so number seven, or uh, no, number six for me. Six, yeah. Psych 2, Lassie Come Home, finally came out. It was supposed to come out the year before, and then it was supposed to come out actually like a year and a half before for Christmas, and then it was delayed, and then delayed again because USA started Peacock. That's why it kept getting delayed. Oh, it, it was supposed to be Peacock. a TV movie because the first yeah. one came out on USA because Psych was you know around for eight years on USA, and so they made a move a TV movie. Yeah. And um it don't need theatrical. Right, right, right. And uh so they were they did that again. So when they made it, it was a TV movie, but and it was gonna be a Christmas a Christmas special, basically. Yeah. Well then they had the bright idea of starting their own streaming service like everyone else, and they're like, Oh, we'll just push that to that. So they waited and then pushed it on there and it came out this summer and it was weird. It's not a Christmas movie, but it, i think it's set, it's set in the winter more or something like that. So it's kind of it's kind of weird with it coming movie. out this summer. Yeah. But uh but so this is the second one. Psych is my second favorite TV show of all time, just behind oh, wow. Community. I absolutely love that show. It's awesome. It's hilarious. Sean and Gus are it's one of the best friend characters ever. And um so I was I was excited about this. I, I thought the first movie was fine. I liked the first movie. Obviously, it just doesn't quite capture the same as the show. Just never no. can. Also, they put it in San Francisco, which is where the show ended. And that did not work. I'm sorry. That this show was so set with that Santa Barbara goofy, unrealistic type of setting, it needed it. And when it didn't have it and it was put in that sterile, like a real city type thing. I mean, I know Santa Barbara's a real place, but you know, it's on the beach and there's more of that stuff. It it didn't work. Like it just didn't their characters didn't it didn't work. So for this movie, they went back to Santa Barbara. Thank goodness. Good. And also another great part about this is while they uh, while they were making the first movie, that's when um, oh my gosh I never can say this guy's name I'm so mad Lassie. it's yeah. uh, it's Timothy Amundsen that's how you say it. yes and yes. he had a very serious stroke right before they were gonna make the first movie and uh, almost died he almost died and um, this is back maybe in 2015 or 16 I don't remember when they first made that movie but oh man and um few years ago maybe 16 or 17 but um and so they basically had to rewrite the whole thing taking his character kind of out out of the movie and he is in the movie with like a skype call with with juliet but that they were somehow able they were able to film with him but that's it he's not in it and so for this movie they made it about him they made it about him and again he still is you know he is you know he's still recovering from this stroke and and is not nearly what he what he was but so for this movie they made that be basically the story the his, cool. his cop character gets shot at the beginning of the movie and has a stroke um and so he's you know in a hospital bed basically the whole movie and it's kind of the crux and the plot of the movie um and uh, so that's really cool that's really cool to see and I liked it. I thought this movie was better than the first movie. Um, okay. But uh, but I liked it. They did a good job. And they've all said, everyone involved has said, they're like, yeah, we'll keep making these movies. Like, well, why not? Why not? You know? The, the, Peacock they, means content. Yeah, apparently. I don't know if they will. I don't know how all that will work. But I know everyone, you know, who's a part of it is all been on board. They love working with each other. Uh, it's historically known as one of the greatest sets ever. 
of all time oh, that man. anyone worked I'm, on. I um, bet. So, uh, so that's great. I like to see that. I enjoyed the movie again in a normal year, probably wouldn't be in my top 10, but, but this year it, it, it definitely fits in there and it's one that I definitely enjoyed. And if you like psych, it's definitely worth watching for sure. Yeah. I, I meant to watch it, watch that one too. I just never got around to it. Uh, with all the Christmas movies I had to yeah. watch and then last couple, but I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Um, cause I'm sure it would knock off stupid devil all the time, which <laughs> is good enough. Yeah. But this one, I gave it a three and a half star rating, and it has a three and a half star rating on Letterboxd. Um, it's got a 7.5 on IMDb, an 83% critic rating, and a 93% audience score on uh, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and a 77 on Metacritic. So, again, right. very well-founded, very good movie, and uh, well done, especially for the show. So that's my uh, that's my number six. Okay. Uh, well, for my number six, surprisingly, uh, I have another horror movie, um, which is weird because I don't typically go for horror movies. But for my number six, I have the Invisible Man remake that came out this year. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, solid, solid film. Uh, I don't love it as much as everybody else because there's just such a huge like falling when it comes to horror movies. Of I mean, people who just will love a movie already simply because it's a horror movie, you know, they just have the love for the genre. Right. Um, so they, they tend to, I think praise a little bit more, but it's still a very good movie. And it was, you know, obviously kind of response to the God awful mummy remake and where it was like, okay, we own the universal movie monsters and, and classics, but let's not just try to remake the same movie. This was actually a really good idea of taking a concept from decades ago and, and, you know, revamping it for a modern audience and a modern movie. And it actually works really well because of that. Because if they try to do the classic, you know, guy drinks a potion and then becomes invisible and has the bandages, you know, and try to do that now, it just would have been dumb. So uh, they were really smart about how they did this. Hey, 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 not necessarily Doom Patrol. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Doom Patrol makes Which it work. I but need, that's also. I, I need to finish that. Yeah, but that's also kind of tongue-in-cheek. Anyway, and again, right, this is like right. an actual horror movie. Right. Um, although it's more of like a psychological horror movie, obviously. But uh, still really intense. There's some really great filmmaking that went into it. It's by the guy who directed Upgrades. There's some really technically amazing uh, sequences and stunts. And uh, a very solid performance from Elizabeth Moss. But there are still some moments where you kind of have to suspend your disbelief and you know, kind of give them benefit of the doubt. We're like, oh, okay. In, in reality, that probably wouldn't be possible. But you know, you let it slide because it's a horror movie or just a movie in general. But um, yeah, it's it's still worth watching. Again, any other year would have made my list. Probably not. But, you know, it's, it's worth checking out, especially around like Halloween time if you're looking for something to watch. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, my number five, we've already talked about it, is Extraction. Um, it's, it's a movie that's kind of up there with the Mile 22 type thing. It's not quite that bad of a story, but the story's not there there's not really anything there it's, it, no. it's that's not what it's it's about it's directed by a stunt man it's all about yeah. the stunts and it excels at all levels of all of that and it's awesome that is all that's all i needed from this netflix movie and it delivers everything it promises and th- this the the practical stunt work is just outstanding it's so much fun to watch. It's so oh, well yeah. shot. It's so well executed. Chris Hemsworth is awesome as always. And uh, yeah, if you want to watch just a straight up, almost 80s style, just military action Macho, stunt movie, yeah. man, this is it. And again, we need more of these. This is the type of thing I'm talking about. 
This is what I've been saying for the past few years. There's not enough of this type of movie. That's one of the great things with these dumb 80s action movies that are just awesome to watch because they're fun. They're fun yeah. and and you don't have to worry about making it too much or or too big of a story. Like you 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 just got to have something there, a really a likable character like leading character and a cool leading character. And then awesome stunt stuff. And that's what this does. And it was nice to see. John Wick was really the first thing that brought that back. Yeah, and it yeah. seems like because of that, we're getting more and more of this type of stuff. Where even if the movies aren't that great, like A Mile 22, the stunt work is awesome in it. Yeah. And this is another one of those type of things. And especially with a thing like Netflix. I feel like these type of movies really should be being made even more. Because it's no, a perfect totally. platform for stuff like this. You're not expecting too much. You're not having to get too deep in it. It probably doesn't take all that long to refine or stuff like that. You just get these awesome stunt things in there. And uh, that's all you need. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. And um, so, yeah. So, that's why Extraction is my uh, my number five. I gave it three and a half stars. It has a three star rating on Letterboxd. It's got a 6.7 on IMDb, a 67% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 69 audience score, and a 56 on Metacritic, which that's that part's a bit low, but everything else is about about accurate. But um yeah. Again, yeah. we're still in a realm of would this be in my top ten in a normal <laughs> yeah. year? No. Yeah. But it is this year. Once we get into my top four, now we can actually talk about movies that would probably be in my top ten. But uh, Ugh, I wish I had that. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so that's that's my that's my fifth. Okay. Uh, well, for my fifth is one I definitely know you have on yours. Um, I finally got around to again after much of your, um, you know, begging me to watch it. I finally watched uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, finally. I know it took me long enough. It was just a movie I was really just not excited for. I mean, justifiably since we've been burned so many times on bad comedies true, and bad true. you know movie movies decades after of oh, like, yeah. you know, oh let's let's go back to that you know tank or whatever but uh but no i was i was very much uh, the different and let me just pause for a second the difference with this one is this was not a studio oh let's go back to an old pro this was a passion project thing that has been trying to be made by these guys for like a decade and usually uh, well, no when a movie like that comes out it's good Sure. Nine out of ten times, that is a good sign. We saw it with stuff like Deadpool, you know, things yeah. like just usually when that happens, that's a good sign. So this is one of those. Oh, that that totally makes sense. Yeah, because it's it's not it's not by any means of like, oh, let's just retread the same ground and like, you know, phone it in and yeah. do the same jokes, even though it, it does a good job of, of capturing the the like the humor and the, the characters of, of Bill and Ted, even though my, my only thing is like I, I feel like I would have rated it higher had I just recently rewatched the, the the first two or whatever, or at least the first yeah, one. Yeah, you should have done that. You should have watched both of them. You should. Cause I watched yeah. both of them right before I had seen. I had never watched a second one because again, I avoid sequels with sure. stuff like this, and I avoid comedy sequels for sure. Yeah. But I kept hearing enough, and I knew this one was coming out, so I'm like, okay, I need to watch a second one. And it was much better than I thought it was going to be. I enjoyed yeah. the second one, and again because. The the biggest thing that people will say about the second one, and it, which is true, is they they made the first movie, it blew up, all this stuff, and then the second one, they're like, all right, every single thing that happened in the first movie, we're not going to do a single thing again. 100% different in every possible way. Totally different. 
And so you got to respect them for that. And um, even though I think the second one's significantly lower than the first one, first one's one of my favorite movies ever, but um, it's still really good. And then, and well, I'll, I'll get in, I'll get into more of it when, when I get to it a little bit, oh, okay. a little bit later on, but let's just say William Sadler is a national treasure. Oh yeah. I mean, I, he, to me, he was a highlight. I I'd definitely say him. <laughs> Uh, especially Alex, like like you said, yeah, Alex Winter killed it even more so oh, than Keanu. Yeah, I mean Keanu is Keanu. Keanu is always great, but it really felt like Alex Winter. You could tell really wanted to come back to his character. Yeah, and kind of gave it his all. So that was really cool. And then again, I, I thought the daughter. The you kids know, you are great. It, yeah, you, again, you think they're going to be the kiss of death? You the, did. The trailer. You did. And then, no, I mean, I, I really like that Samara Weaving, and I forget the other girl's name, but they, they were both good too. And they're awesome. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely a movie that we needed right now, where it was just lighthearted, good fun that just kind of remind you why you love characters like this, and especially you know these characters in general. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And that's why I have it at number five. Nice. All right, so number four. Now we're getting into actually really good movies. Number okay. four, we've already talked about. It's Bad Boys for Life. This movie was awesome. It exceeded every expectation I had of this, especially after the second one. It it went oh, yeah. back to the first one. It was so much fun. Ian's already talked about it a lot. These two characters are awesome. They nail yeah. it. Martin Lawrence is at 100%. Will Smith is at 100%. They they killed it. They re, they were able to recapture that same magic of the first one, which is so difficult to do, but it was still a new story. They were able to throw in the funny, updated things. You're able to do that with comedy-type movies. Yeah. And so they're able to do that. You know, the the kids element is a whole other aspect. And then, um, yeah. And again, now, unfortunately, I can't talk as in detail as I'd like to because I haven't watched this movie. In a while. Back. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. I just recently got it on uh, on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. And uh, but I haven't I haven't rewatched it in a long in a while since probably since it came out. So unfortunately, I can't go into too much detail with the movie, but it was one that I definitely enjoyed. It's a fun action movie. It's a perfect action comedy. Again, action comedies are the best when they're done right. Really? Because it's because yeah, you get everything. You get everything in a great action comedy. Bad Boys, the very first one, is one of the best action comedies ever made. It's 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 such a rewatchable movie. I can watch Bad Boys anytime, no matter when. Like you can put that in and watch it, and it's fun. And this one was really close to capturing that same level of like fun and rewatchability. So, uh, yeah, and I just love seeing Martin Lawrence back because he's just so freaking funny. And to me, like you know, it's funny. Like we were saying with Bill and Ted, which I'll talk about later more. Again, like Alex Winter coming back, the one who's not as famous is the one who kills it. Yeah, know, coming yeah. back, got work and, for it. Yeah, and uh, and Martin Lawrence definitely does. So it's definitely one. It's definitely a fun one to uh, to watch for sure. Uh, I gave this three and a half stars. Has three. Uh, it's a three point one rating on Letterbox because Letterbox people are snobs. It's got a <laughs> seventy seven on Rotten Tomatoes for critic rating and a ninety six percent audience score with wow. forty two thousand ratings that's crazy yeah letterbox people are snobs that's oh what they that are I, I can i can absolutely attest to that <laughs> it's got uh, a 6.6 on imdb and a 59 on metacritic which i don't know why it's that low on uh, metacritic on is metacritic. always low though that yeah. yeah that i mean that is that is fair but no this movie look at this this movie was a 90 million dollar budget guess how much it made worldwide just guess <sighs> 
like 400 million? Yes. 426 God. million dollars worldwide. That's crazy. So this I I don't know for sure. I haven't looked in a while, but I can't believe this isn't the highest grossing movie of 2020. Like it has to be. No other I, movie I made 400 million dollars. I last time I check, uh, checked, uh, Tenet was around 300 million, and yeah. again, I don't, I don't know how they count like on-demand viewers and like yeah, rentals. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so I, I think before that, yeah, this movie was, yeah, clearly number one. Yeah, and uh, so, um, so yeah, Bad Boys for Life. If you haven't seen it, definitely good. It's one I have been meaning to rewatch now that I have it on Blu-ray. So I'm definitely going to be doing that soon. But uh, yeah, that is my uh, top four. And that probably would be on a top ten in a normal year. Okay. Um, Anyway, so that's my number four. Okay, well, my number four is one you already talked about. Uh, I've got the way back at number four. Okay. Um, uh, Yeah, a little bit higher just because, I don't know. Don't ask me why. But yeah, it's a good movie. Um. Obviously, we're, we're, we're both huge Gavin O'Connor fans, and yep. um, obviously, he knocked out of the park. I mean, there's just sports stuff, you know, sport movies he just knows how to do. He does. Even though this he one, does. to its credit, really isn't a sport movie. I mean, no. Um, and you got to give him a lot of credit, especially for the ending, you know, where instead of having the cliche, he comes back and is there for the championship. It's really about just his like addiction and his overcoming that is the whole crux of the story. So, the, you know, the movie ends with him finally getting the help he needs, but he's not there for a championship because they try to keep it somewhat realistic, you know? It's like, yeah. you know... So I respect him a lot for that. And obviously, you know, this, this film hits very close to Ben Affleck. Uh, I hope it, I hope they weren't playing on it being like a big Oscar type of movie. I don't think they were. I, I think don't they think were so really, either. Yeah, especially with, you know, when it came out. Apparently, um, were, another thing... Sorry to interrupt you. I just remembered yeah. this, that what I heard about this movie. Apparently, there was a scene in particular... That was filmed where Ben Affleck, like, it was, like, almost too close to... Yeah, I heard about that, For yeah. real. And, like, after the take, he was like, we can't, we can't even use that. Like, it's too, too, per- like, it was too personal. Like, it was too much with it. Which is nuts. When have you ever heard that happen before? I mean, legitimately never. I mean, I, there's yeah. plenty of films that always say, oh, this, this, you know, was too intense or too... But they're always, you know, usually BS, but... With this film, I could definitely believe it because I mean the, the film gets so right. Is if you know anyone who's ever dealt with like alcohol addiction, this film just captures captures that perfectly. Like the scene where he's downing that like forty eight pack, you know, just giving uh, on the phone with the the priest or whatever. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely someone who knows what an alcoholic is like. But yeah, it's, it's a very powerful film. It's probably one of the best you know Ben Affleck performances in general. Maybe not his best movie, but. In terms of his acting, um, obviously it's it's definitely up there because yeah. you know this was the whole thing for him. So yeah, it's it's worth checking out. Is it as good as Warrior or Miracle? No, of course no, not. No. But um, and even still, I like The Accountant better. But no, it's still a really good film, and yeah, definitely worth checking out. So that's why I have it at number four. Nice. All right, now we're getting into awesome movies. These next okay. three are all freaking phenomenal. So number three for me is a movie I did. I hadn't watched since the theater, but I got it recently and rewatched it last week, and it freaking holds up. Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. This movie came out in February. It did not come I'm out. I'm counting it. It says 2019. No, well, where are, it came, it, okay, I don't care if it came out in New York in 2019. It came well, out the wide the, theatrical releases. It was in either late January, early February of this year. I'm counting so it. So it counts. Yep, the gentleman is phenomenal. Have you? Did you finally watch the gentleman? Oh my god, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, trust me, I'll get to it, Mark. Okay, okay, good. Um, oh man, 
because uh, you hadn't seen this last time we were talking no, about no. this. You so you I finally it watched like it. Thank ago. goodness. This movie, Ian, I rewatched it again. This is my favorite Guy Ritchie film by far. And I mm. and I enjoy several of I haven't seen all of his movies, but I, I, I enjoy for the most part them. Snatch is, was probably my other favorite. I really, right. really like Snatch. This one I think I like even better. It's so much fun. Everyone is having a blast. It's 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 a little bit some of it the uh the inside baseball dialogue sometimes gets me a little bit because it's like the oh, okay lingo. no 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 the the filmmaking stuff with um, oh yeah with Hugh Grant when you're like yeah okay we we don't need to be giving us a master class or on uh or what what on um you know on filmmaking we don't yeah 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 I I get it I get it you're a filmmaker you want to put it in there it's fun yeah. it gets a little much. A couple times, but it's fine. It's fine. I enjoyed that. Everyone in here kills it. Again, I'm not the biggest Matthew McConaughey fan. I need to see more of his movies. Most of his yeah. movies don't really appeal to me wanting to watch them, but but I like him fine. I think this might be my favorite Matthew McConaughey performance because okay. him playing just like the top guy, like it, it, he kills it. This yeah. era, this like aura of just. I'm I'm the I'm the king. It's just oh, he's so good. He's so good at playing that. And uh, then Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant just are hilarious oh, yeah. together. They're great. <laughs> and uh, and all the other side characters are all really good too. But no no no, this is Colin Farrell's movie, Ian. This is Colin <laughs> Farrell's movie. You talk about the perfect textbook example of a heat check in a movie performance oh my gosh i didn't look up what his screen time is it's got to be like 15 minutes of total screen time and holy hell this is my favorite colin farrell ever and i love colin farrell this character is so picture perfect and he nails it so much i die laughing in every single one of his scenes multiple times it's my favorite part of the movie and he is so Oh, this movie is so much fun. This movie is so much fun. I, I had such a great time rewatching it again last week. I, I was like, this is awesome. This is great. It's it's basically about Matthew McConaughey is the premier weed guy in all of the UK. Yeah. And uh yeah, and he's like thinking about getting out. So of course that brings in the sharks, and so it's then him dealing with all of that going on. And then Hugh Grant apparently knows about it so he's kind of narrating the story to charlie hunnam and so you're learning it that way colin farrell is this random boxing coach with kids that are thugs and he has to deal with that it's just it's all over the it's a guy riching film it's a guy riching film it's all over the place but it, it is so it's so much fun it's so much fun i love this movie i love this movie uh yeah ian we'll talk about a little bit more later but um oh this is great this is four stars um for me it has a 3.6 on letterbox a 7.8 on imdb uh 75 critic score which is way too low and an 84 percent audience score which is much closer and uh a 51 metacritic score get out of here that's insane that's eight (laughs) points lower than bad boys like i i don't i don't use metacritic for anything it's dumb. That's dumb. This movie is brilliant. This is so much fun. So much fun. So that's my number. That's my number three. 
All right. Well, Chelsea, I'll be getting to that one very close. Um, But for my number three, I actually have a movie I saw recently. It was a Netflix movie. I have Mank, uh, which was uh, the true story of um, Mankiewicz, who was uh, supposedly the the real writer of Citizen Kane. And it's a David Fincher movie, which we talked about earlier. Um, He's one of my favorite working directors, if he is very kind of dramatic and diva-ish. But he at least makes great movies. And um, even though this one isn't necessarily one of my favorites of his, I mean, I, I love a lot of his uh, stiff competition, uh, still really good. The filmmaking is fantastic. Um, and credit to Fincher. It, it doesn't look like any of his other movies. I mean, even without the black and white, just the way he shoots it is, is nothing like his other movies. So I, I tip my hat off to him for trying something different, not just, you know, remaking the same thing over and over again. Um, but it's really it's a pretty interesting story. Gary Oldman kills it, obviously. I mean, he's fantastic, and this is no different. The guy they got to play Orson Welles is really good, too. Amanda Seyfried is surprisingly good as well. The dialogue is really sharp. Um, it's kind of like a Sorkin, but you know, not as you know distinct. Um, but uh, even though the history might be a little bit loose with some stuff, and maybe you know, the way they paint the actual making of Sousa Kane is a little biased. Um, I was doing some research about it. The movie itself is still entertaining. Whereas for me, at least a movie doesn't always have to be really historically accurate. As long as it works, it's a movie. And this is one of those cases. Um, so I definitely recommend it, especially if you're a film buff. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it um, very much. So I, I don't know how much I'll be watching it again, but yeah, that's, that's what I have for my number three. Okay. Very nice. I saw this come out randomly, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Then everything I looked up about it, I was like, I'm not watching this movie. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, All right, fair enough. Now we're into number two. We've already talked about it. Bill and Ted Face the Music blew me away when this movie came out. Absolutely blew me away. I love the first Bill and Ted. Again, I didn't watch the second one until right before this came out. Um, But the first one is all-time classic for me. Love that movie. Been watching it for years. And... Again, you're super hesitant when stuff like this comes out. The movie comes out 30 years later. You're like, eh, you know, not a great track record. But like I said before, it was a passion project that was tried. They were trying to make this for over a decade um, with uh, with Ed Solomon, the uh, the writer. And, um, oh, shoot, who is the other? Uh, Chris Matheson. That's his name. Chris yeah, Matheson yeah. and Ed Solomon, who wrote the original movies. They had been trying to do this for years, for a long, long time, and uh, finally were able to get it ready, and thank goodness, because they got it in just in time before, you know, the pandemic obviously happened, and that hurt, obviously, the release with the theatrical and stuff like that, but this was this was really the first, I think this was really the first movie to come out theatric, like, in theaters yeah, really during might. the pandemic, and uh, obviously it came out both. That's the other thing. It came out both on digital and in theaters at the same time in, in you know, the theaters that would were still open. So I got to go see it here in Sterling in the movie theater, and it was my first movie back since the pandemic hit. And what a way to come back, man. This was so <laughs> much fun. I, 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 I can't even remember the last time I laughed so hard in a movie in the theater. It's been at least, at least a year. Like, it was... It was so it was such a breath of fresh air with this movie coming out. They they killed it. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter both kill it. They they did the perfect thing of making these characters the same characters but still kind of maturing them enough 
to yeah. where it wasn't completely unbelievable. Where you're like, no, these are definitely the same guys, but you know they're not 19. So, which is again, it's, that's a very difficult thing to do with characters like this. Oh, and yeah. uh, and they were able to do it. I'm telling you, man, so many things just kill me. The very beginning when they're at the wedding and they bring back the the mom from the other movies who who's was there it was a senior in high school when they were freshmen and then marries Alex Winter's dad in the first movie and so is their mom and then in the second movie has divorced him and has married Ted's dad so now it's been both their moms and now in this movie they're marrying Ted's younger brother like it's just that that was hilarious right off the bat and then they're performing at the wedding and they start because they've been trying to write the song because they they hadn't done it yet so they're just scratching everything and they're doing this weird psychedelic new wave thing that has a title that's like 12 words long part and it's like part one or uh like like movement one yeah and then they just play this ridiculous thing where they just start like wah, wah, like that kills me, Ian. I that killed me. That was so funny the way they started off. They're still trying to like rock though with these instruments. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was so funny. So right off the bat, I'm just right. I'm in like right from there. You're just in, and uh, it's just the other probably the other favorite scenes. Obviously, the um the the marriage counseling just killed me when they both go to it together with both of their wives which are from the first and second movies although they're not the same act actors um no it's not but uh that was that was so funny where they're just like the the marriage counselors just trying to get me like just say you know say i love you and they're just like i and ted love you and Emily like it was just it was so fu- it was so well done it was so well played and when they go back into the past and then they come back to that point to try and stop themselves or to, to stop it from getting worse and then just make it so much worse that scene <laughs> killed me and then obviously William Sadler is just a national treasure he's the standout of the second movie as the Grim Reaper or death and then right. in this movie the, the best part of the movie absolutely killed me when they go down to hell and are trying to do and they've they've had a falling out because they were in a band and then they kicked him out and they're just like you just sat there and you would just take over and play 20 minute bass he's like everyone wanted to hear the bass like it was just it was so funny it was so funny ian just a whole round of dialogue kills me absolutely killed me i love these movies um we talked about a little bit for the the two girls um, Samara Samar Weaving and, and uh, Bridget Lundy Payne, who right. play uh, Thea and Billy, are awesome. Like again, like you said, that's the moment where you're like, okay, that is the that could be the death knell of a movie oh, like yeah. this. If those characters aren't good, it could be really bad. But they're not. They are right from the beginning when they're doing that ridiculous wedding performance, and they're both sitting there dancing to it, not ironically, like. For real, you're like, okay, that's a good sign. <laughs> and they're like, you know, musical savants. And it's, and then they, they're the ones who go back into the past, really, and then build a band with historical musicians. 
and it's 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 so much fun. It was so well done. I thought it was so funny. I liked all these characters. It, it was it was wonderful. It was it was wonderful. I loved I loved this movie. Um, I've probably watched it like five times already. Like I, okay. it's so rewatchable. It makes me laugh every time. Uh, all right. I gave this four stars. It has three point three on Letterbox because they're a bunch of snobs. Six point one, which is way too low on IMDb. Uh, it's got an eighty-two percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and then a very pathetic seventy audience, seventy uh, percent audience score, which again ticks me off yeah, as well. Yeah. Metacritic's actually fairly high; it's sixty-five. So, random. Who knows? But anyway, this movie's great. If you like the Bill and Ted movies at all, definitely watch this one. It's for sure oh, yeah. worth it, and it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. So that's that's my number two movie of uh, twenty twenty. All right. Well, my number two movie is one you just talked about, but obviously is one that took me a while to get around to, and it is the freaking gentleman. Yep. Um, I I don't know why I just I missed it in theaters, and then I was gonna rent it as soon as it came out, but then it was like fifteen bucks to rent because I immediately went on like Showtime or something, and oh. so the only it was dumb like that. And so finally, I'm like, you know what? I really just want to see this movie, so I did like the seven day trial just to watch the movie, and oh my god, did I have a blast? Because I'm <laughs> I'm a huge guy Ritchie fan i love most of his movies the only ones i don't like are obviously the keen arthur one he did was not good um i refuse to see his aladdin remake obviously and then like there's one called like scorpion i didn't like with jason statham but all the others i i really like you know i like the sherlock holmes films and and this yeah. is tied yeah. right up there with my favorite being a rock and roller which i know you haven't seen but yeah uh i i don't know if i love it more because rock and roller I've, I've loved for a long time but this one might might upstage it because this one's so much fun and and like you said everyone's having a blast and, and that's what i love about his films is how colorful all of the characters are yeah uh, they're they're all memorable they're all cool and obviously i'm a huge anglophile so i love anything about england especially the side of england you know showing like the the kind of gangster side of it because I'll, I'll take this over goodfellas any day uh, i just find it so much more interesting <laughs> but then yeah. obviously like the comedic tone helps a lot too and it's one of those movies where I watched it and to me like an ending can make or break a movie. And so I was, I knew I liked it, but I was waiting for the ending to see just how much, you know, I would like it. And of course the ending's fantastic and, and, and really fun. So as soon as it finished, I just went ahead and ordered it on Blu-ray. I'm like, yeah, I want this movie yeah. immediately. Um, and then everyone I've showed it to since my, my sister, brother-in-law, my mother, they've all liked it too. So like everyone I've recommended it to has, has loved it. Cause yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. It's so clever. The pacing is great. You're never going to be bored. Um, it's not, even though it's R-rated, because they do say the C-word a lot because they're yeah. British, it's not really that violent, so it's yeah. not going to be putting off too many people. Um, no, I, I, I love this freaking movie. Like you said, Colin Farrell is a huge standout, but obviously McConaughey is great. I love Charlie Hunnan. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that this role was perfect for him because, yeah, unfortunately, that Keen Arthur movie kind of hurt him. Uh, but this, like this, he's great. I mean, the scene where they go to the apartment to get the one girl back is <laughs> is one of my favorite ever. Where he's just talking about what drug users have come today. He's like, "What happened to the good old days of just you know smoking some weed and having fun?" And and I just I love that whole sequence. And yeah, Hugh Grant is great. I, I'm really happy to see him in a movie like this. I haven't seen him in a long time in anything good. So oh, I I freaking love this movie. I think I gave it like four and a half. I've watched it like five times since, so I'm, I'm the same way. So that's why it's clearly my number two. Yeah, it's just Colin Farrell and the pig, man, makes the whole movie. <laughs> Him and Charlie Hunnam's reaction is just the funniest. Yeah. That's the best part of the whole movie. Absolutely kills <laughs> me. It's so funny. 
it's so funny. He's just like, you you can't unsee it. And he's like, no, no, you can't. This is nightmare material right here. Like, it's just, it's so funny. Uh, oh, man. No, yeah, dude, this is a great movie. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So now it's time for number one. Number one uh, film. I cheated a little bit because my number one film is technically a documentary. But you got it. Look, it's 2020. Allowed. So yeah. everything is fair game. I was about to put a mini series on here. But hey, there we go. Weird. Yeah, why yeah. not? Um, yeah, my number one. We finally got to see it. You cannot kill David Arquette. The documentary about David Arquette returning to the wrestling ring after 20 years is just. It was everything I hoped it was going to be. It's it's <laughs> spectacular. Obviously, if any of you haven't paid attention, me, uh, I'm a huge David Arquette fan. He's oh, yeah. one actor. I have actively interactive uh, interacted with over the years. Um, my other podcast, Behind the Gorilla Wrestling Podcast, he's our patron saint of that show. <laughs> We've talked about him multiple times. Um, we, we, we got to yep. interview him a couple years ago um, over the phone, so that was amazing. Um, he follows he follows us on Instagram and Twitter, and and we uh, we get to interact with him every now and then over over on there. So yeah, huge, huge David Arquette fan. So we've been following this movie from I mean before the movie. We we've been following this since he came back to wrestling for the past like three years, and um, been following knew that there was a documentary being made this whole time being filmed. So we've been following this and uh, been just waiting for this to come out. And this is one thing that the pandemic really hurt because mm-hmm. this it, it was finally made, it was put together, and uh, they didn't have any distribution for it. So they it was it, they were starting the festival circuit right when the pandemic happened. It was supposed to be at the uh, South yeah. by Southwest Festival, which then was shut down. So that really put a kibosh on that whole thing. So they were on it. They finally were able to find distribution and uh, it finally came out on digital in August at the end of August. So we were finally able to see it and it's awesome. It is awesome. And and not just as a David Arquette fan, but it is a really well done documentary. It's very interesting. It's a lot of new information, even in the world of wrestling, which is something I've been a part of for 20 years. It, uh, and been a fan of for so long. I even learned stuff. Like I didn't know, in Me- in Tijuana or in in Mexico, they do street wrestling, where they literally at red lights will like run out in the street and put on these impromptu wrestling matches in the middle of the, the street. Hell? Yeah, and then and then afterwards like walk around and then at, you know ask for money from from people watching. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. That no. happens in here, and he does that down in Mexico. Oh, wow. It's awesome. Like it's it's amazing. So. There was even cool, like, new stuff that even even with us being right in the David Arquette throws this whole time while all this was going on, there was still stuff that I didn't know was was oh, wow. happening. And it's just, he's one of the most likable guys ever because he's such a genuine nice guy who struggles with so many things. He has massive anxiety, mm. um, always has, and obviously has struggled with different substance stuff since the, the early 2000s, has gone through a lot of stuff. And was able to overcome tons of that and uh, got back into wrestling. He was not in shape. You know, he's a normal dude. And uh, he was a part of wrestling because of the movie Ready to Rumble. And he was always a fan. So they brought him into WCW. And they they had him win the actual World Heavyweight Championship. Which is considered one of the worst moments to ever happen in the history of wrestling. For me and Harris, it's the best moment ever. But for most people, (laughs) it was the worst moment ever. And... uh, 
But but I was always one, and even my dad. I mean, I was alive at the time, but I wasn't actively watching in the year two thousand because I was only like five years old. But uh, but my dad was always watching WCW, and even when it happened, and you knew this was dumb. He never was like hating David Arquette because it's like, what what would you do if you were in the same situation, man? Who wouldn't do that? Like, who wouldn't do? Yeah. And he didn't even want to. Like, he was trying to talk people out of it, and uh, you know, and d- did the best he could with everything. But because of this, he's been the joke of wrestling for twenty years, and so he was finally had, he'd had enough of this. So he was like, I'm going to do this for real. I'm going to actually learn. I'm going to train. I'm going to go back into the bars and the nothing wrestling world of independent wrestling. And I'm going to, I'm going to earn my reputation back. And that's what this is about. It's about that whole journey that he does from the beginning. Like it is literally from the beginning. He he had the idea to do this, him and the uh, directors, David Darg and Price James. And so it literally starts before he's even done anything with wrestling. Like he's fat, he's out of shape, he's smoking, drinking, all this stuff. And that's where it starts. And you get to see the whole run with him getting in shape, learning wrestling, getting hurt, going into the backyard where people are literally like abusing him in these wrestling matches in someone's backyard with nobody there. Like it is, it's nuts. It is insane. It's so fascinating. And um, even if you're not a David Arquette or wrestling fan, it's just one of these really fun underdog stories, real life stories where you can't help but like the guy and you can't help but root for the guy. And it was it was really well put together and it was awesome. So it by far is my top movie of the year. Five stars. Absolutely love it. It was everything I could have hoped for. And uh, yeah, if you haven't watched this documentary, I highly, highly recommend it, even for non wrestling fans. I, I think it it's it's really fascinating. Oh, yeah, I need to check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's great. It's got a 3.7 on Letterboxd, which is nice to see. It's got an 83% uh, critic rating on um, Rotten Tomatoes and a 96% audience score oh, wow. on, on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.2 on IMDb, and a 66 on Metacritic. So it's gotten it's gotten good praise as well through, you know, through everything. People, people respect how good it is. And um, yeah. I highly recommend people watching it because probably non-wrestling people they probably missed missed this. So oh, I would yeah. definitely definitely recommend watching. You cannot kill David Arquette. Okay, nice. Well, my number one is probably a controversial one for Mark because one he's always talked about, and obviously eh. we we differ greatly about it. But for my number one, of course, I have Tenet. Eh. Um, I mean, blind if it was... sheep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Blind yeah. Nolan sheep. Oh please. Um, but no, you it, like it everything. Was, There's not a single Nolan thing you don't like. That's true. I didn't like Insomnia. I haven't seen Falling. You haven't seen? I've even seen Following. No, I haven't seen Falling. But Falling's I mean, pretty yeah. good for like a student thing or uh, you know whatever. It's it's not yeah. bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. I couldn't well, get anyway. through Insomnia. I literally yeah, fell no, asleep. So ironic. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's pretty much the reaction I think most people have. But I'd uh, rather watch that than Interstellar, though. Yeah, well, that's where we differ. No, I, I, oh, I, I love Christopher. So I love Christopher Nolan. I'm not gonna apologize because I don't feel any need to. Eh. I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's the people who love David Lynch. Um, I don't get David Lynch, but the people who like him love him, love his style, love what he does. So it's like, that. okay, I get that even less. Yeah, but uh, anyway, no, I, I love this film. Uh, definitely, upon rewatching, I liked it more because uh, I picked up on what? a lot more. Yeah, no, no, you haven't rewatched it, so you can't. I thought talk. it would be the other way around. No, it's, I mean, again, it's a movie that throws a lot at you, and I like that. Uh, I like- it throws a lot at you, but in the end, it really doesn't. That's the funny part. That's the ironic part, I think, with this movie. By the end, you, you're you trying to process all this stuff, but then it, in, at the end of the day, 
it's about as basic as it could possibly be. Yeah, it's just a completely different execution than any true, other spy true. film. Or that's definitely film. true. And look, I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people want want uh, Nolan to kind of go back to more, you know, I don't know what, maybe accessible movies and kind of more, I don't know, marketable and, and, and you know, straightforward movies. But to me, I, I love the ambition. I love that he's trying to do new stuff. Sure. I mean, we've we've got like we've got our other like I love Mission Impossible because it is it's you know straight by the books, nothing too fancy. It's just you know executed really well, but yeah, you know not breaking yeah. any ground in terms of you know other than like stunt work. But sure, sure, yeah. So I don't mind when he when you know he because like, like with every movie, especially like this and Interstellar, he puts out a book or someone does that basically explains like the theories that go behind the movie. And when you read that, I'm not saying you have to in, or, in order to enjoy the film, but like I've read both of those books where it tells you basically where he gets all these concepts from and they're actually real world concepts they're like freaking like physicists and all these crazy like scholars talk about on a regular basis which i had no idea and then like you read it like holy crap and so just how he's able to take these concepts that are completely you know unfathomable and try and you know put into a movie where like most people are going to see it and like you know because he makes blockbuster movies but just very different and you know, kind of out there blockbuster movies. I like how, for the most part, they are really, you know, people like people will go all their way to see them. I understand if, you know, between this and movies like Interstellar, some are put off and that's going to happen. But hey, I, I love his ambition. I mean, I love the, obviously, you know, his directing is fantastic. The fact that he's one of the few directors that basically will only use CGI if he has to is, mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, only a few guys like that, you know, still believe in that. Um, uh, yeah, the sound mix seems no good. I don't know what happened there, but I hope he, he learns bad. from this. And, yeah, and, uh, I, I bought it on Blu-ray and I haven't rewatched it yet. And I, I hopefully we'll do that this week and I'll rewatch it with subtitles. And I wonder how how much I'll pick up. But um, yeah, the sound mixing definitely needs to needs to be changed. But the, the score is fantastic, even though it wasn't Hans Zimmer. Um, even if the characters aren't necessarily fleshed out, which I'm fine with. I thought all the actors. No, no, no the great. characters are nothing. There is no there is character, character with anybody. Neil's a character. Not really. He is. I mean, like, even, even, even if he isn't, there are playing movies where the characters really aren't that characters. I mean, Dunkirk, he didn't really have characters. Yeah, but and... Dunkirk was totally different. Dunkirk was, that was a totally different type of movie where it was like an ensemble war movie where you're watching like the whole battles. The battles were more the characters with that. Yeah. Dunkirk was a movie Dunkirk was a movie just as a total side note I, I liked fine the first time I saw it but then didn't really care about it again but then rewatching it Dunkirk is way better after that's I fantastic. rewatch it again yeah and so great. anyway I got a much bigger appreciation for that movie oh sure but um but no I thought all the actors were really good I thought I, I loved Kenneth Branagh as the villain uh I saw a movie recently with a, a Russian villain oh it was watching the uh, billions a tv show and now uh, john malkovich shows up as this russian oligarch and he's like he's so distracting because it's john malkovich who we all know and like he's trying to do a russian accent and does not work mm-hmm. and so like it just made me appreciate kenneth Branagh because his accent is fantastic yeah he, he's good. like yeah he's good he's good um and yeah and obviously robert Pattinson is great and john david washington i, I really like a lot um so no i i i enjoyed it immensely uh i I won't apologize for loving it. I totally understand if a lot of people were put off. Like I, my mother refuses to watch it because she was confused by Inception. So <laughs> this will, this will, no doubt, just fry her brain. But uh, and again, for it. the record, 
That is not the reason I don't like this film. It is not because sure. I didn't follow it or it was too much. No, 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 I'm, I'm that is so not bad. why. It is other reasons. I feel like I definitely got this movie the first. Now, now it was not easy. That was one of the non-enjoyable parts of watching this movie. Is I, I do not like getting got by movies. It's just a pet peeve of mine. I, I don't like up, it growing up watching movies. Growing up watching professional wrestling, it's very difficult. I, I, I get things. I, I'm able to see things coming most of the time or i'm at least trying and a, a movie like this i'm i'm gonna actively fight it to be like nope you're not gonna give me i'm gonna figure this movie out as i'm watching it and so it was a uh it was a uh a, a very it was a very um well-fought battle for me watching this movie in the movie theater trying to keep up with everything without being able to hear half the dialogue yeah well that's a good <laughs> prerogative but um but no i, I totally get it. but no i i loved it I, I was glad i was able to see it in theater i think yeah yeah that was I, I that was it. great i got to see this in theaters too and that was that was wonderful yeah and that was a big part of it too it was like i think we were all just so desperate for another big blockbuster and even though i obviously some people were disappointed I that's think, the last like, movie i've seen in theaters same same here who knows when then. the next one will be so yeah. But no, I, I loved it. So that's why I have it at number one. Another year sure. would probably be like five or something, depending on the year. But yeah, for this year, it's it's right there neck and neck with the gentleman. I'm surprised. To be honest, even with your Nolan stuff, I'm surprised that that this was number one over the gentleman. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it, it's uh, the gentleman is one. Obviously, I can watch way more often than Tenet. But I just I love the, the ambition and the filmmaking and. Yeah. Like the goosebumps. I mean, I, I just I get goosebumps from a Nolan movie that I don't from any other movie except for like Endgame, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, it, just, it just happens. It, it just he. I don't know. He's he's got. Well, me. it's just it, there's just not anything that has that level of of stuff that that yeah. level of quality as far as set pieces go. Like it just doesn't exist really anymore. No, no. even even with the other you know real quote unquote filmmakers but their style isn't that like the Tarantino's no. and some, and, or their and scope. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. They don't work with that same type of level. So he's really the only one that, that works at that level. So, yeah, so yeah, I totally get like, that. As much as I would love to see him do something a little bit less like complicated and like, you know, convoluted even like, you know, if he did like the next bomb movie and didn't make it all about like time bending, like that'd be cool. But in a way I feel like you'd also be kind of, taking away what kind of makes him no one you know it's like i want to see him do what he's really passionate about i don't want to see him just oh here do a, another dc movie because yeah. you're a good director it's like no i i want him to do the movies he wants to and so I, I i fully am excited for whatever he does next i'm just waiting on another prestige man i'm waiting for him yeah. to get back to character movies yeah i mean i i could definitely go for that yeah i would not mind like more character driven although when he did that in Interstellar, people hated that, so you can't blame him too much. That wasn't the problem with Interstellar. <laughs> right, I'm sure, yeah. Not for me. There was other problems with Interstellar. Sure. That we don't need to get into for the 30th time. Um. Anyway, yeah, okay, so there we go. There's our top 10 movies for 2020. For me, it was Scoob, Spencer Confidential, Tenet, The Way Back, Psych 2, Extraction, Bad Boys for Life, The Gentleman, Bill and Ted Face the Music, and You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Uh, for me, it was The Devil All the Time, Underwater, Extraction, Bad Boys for Life, The Invisible Man, Bill and Ted Face Music, The Way Back, Mank, The Gentleman, and Tenet. And you're welcome, because three of those were from me finally getting him to watch three of the good movies that came out this year. I mean, by the end of the year, I had to. Like, the last like, <laughs> week or two of, of 2020, I was scrambling to find anything. Yeah, I, I, I thought about sure. seeing that. I thought about seeing that um, Soul movie, because everyone... Yeah. 
but I just I couldn't bring myself. I read the synopsis. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I hate jazz music as it is, and I I haven't watched anything Pixar since Toy Story three. I just couldn't bring you know, myself. I don't to. think I have either. I don't think I've seen care. a Pixar movie since since Toy Story three. Yeah, I just. I haven't. Yeah, like, none of them really interested me, and I've heard a bunch yeah. of pe- a bunch of people say that they're all really good, and I'm sure yeah. they maybe are, but I have not been interested either. No, I mean, like I'm sure it'll be the same. It'll be cute and clever and have a good moral, but it just I I can't bring myself, especially like I mean, if I had kids, I'm sure I'd, I'd yeah. watch it, you know, and be glad. But it's like if I don't, I'm not gonna go my way and like just reading. I'm like, oh, it's Inside Out, but with jazz. Pass. <laughs> Unless J.K. <laughs> unless J.K. Simmons shows up and starts yelling obscenities, then I'll watch it. <laughs> no, man. So that I mean, maybe uh, that would make the funny. list, but who knows? That's funny. It probably would just by default, to be honest. Right. But I think I think that's why most people, because I have yet to see anyone give it less than four stars. So I think that might yeah, be why. But that's most Pixar movies. That's but, true. Uh, they are very highly overrated sometimes. They can be, but um, anyway. All right, so fair enough. Well, that was fun. I'm definitely glad we did not mix that in with a normal episode. I had a feeling. No, God, no. I had a feeling with 20 movies we're talking about, it probably would not work, and it didn't. So this has been very long, but expected. But uh, we did it. We made it, Ian. We we yeah. made a top 10 of 2020 against hey, all incredible. odds. Yeah, against all by, odds, by, we made it. By your insistence, we did. I we I, did. I, I will have settled on maybe five. <laughs> No, nah, you gotta go. You gotta go full bore. But um, all right, so that does it for uh, this episode of the Uncaped Crusaders review. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Uncaped Review. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. You can follow me at Ian Bark Park. So go ahead and do that. Um, next week we'll be back with a normal episode. Um. I believe we're in the animated series, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back in the animated series. Oh yeah, because the last one we did was the 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 penguin, penguin. running for mayor. Yeah. yeah, which is awesome. Um, yeah. okay, so we're back in the Batman animated series, and uh, hang on, let me see, let me see, let me pull this up. Let's see where we were. We are at. Let's uh... <coughs> what episodes. Okay, it's much better than the last time, but not much. Right. It's uh okay. We got Harley Quinn aid, which is great. Time yeah. Out of Joint and Catwalk. So those are the uh, the three episodes that we're going to talk about next episode. Um, yeah, any uh, final thoughts, Ian? No, God, here's hoping 2021 actually has a, a good crop of movies. A full crop would just be nice. I don't even need too many good ones, but well, please. HBO Max is going to have a full crop. <laughs> I, I guess. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. Six DC movies a year. Are they are they out of their mind? Like, come yes. on. Yes. Yes, yeah. we've already talked about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so here's hoping 2021, at least movie wise, is better. I don't, I don't subscribe to this whole. Oh, 2020 was the worst year ever because I don't think it's going to get any better with the calendar change. But yeah, hopefully the movies will start to come out like they should have. Would be nice. Would, Would be, be nice. nice. All right, that does it for this episode of the Uncaped Crusaders review. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Mark. I'm Ian. We'll talk to you guys next time.